position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which Everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales. But if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive. And you will be my work. Gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode number 208 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this glorious Friday, the 19th of October, uh, 2018, uh, episode 208, uh, 2018, uh, 9.47 a.m. Pacific Coast time, the coast of the most, left coast, that would make it, of course, for our sequel friends, 2018, uh, 10, yeah, uh, yeah, 10, 19, 9.48, PST, Pacific Standard Time, or whatever the fuck, I, I always get standard in daylight savings, I don't even, I always get them backwards and I can never fucking remember, but anyway, 0900 hours-ish, around 10 o'clock in the morning, there you go, uh, we have a lot of shit to talk about uh, this week, but Ivor Molina, crack engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign, that's a good idea, Ivor, we have, wow, this is a surprisingly, surprisingly big show, um, let's have some whiskey, um. Yes. Cheers. Mm. Ivor, you're fired. Okay. So our top stories this week. First of all, my hand has been fucked up all week. Uh. Um. I have um. 
my left pinky uh, is completely fucked. And uh, on Monday, I went to the doctor. Uh, uh, orthopedic. Or, yeah, orthopedic. I think, it, I think that's what you call it. Um, orthopedic doctor. And uh, he... Uh, I, I got two problems. I got a problem with my right thumb and a problem with my left pinky. Uh, and they're two different problems. But um, he gave me a... Uh, took a sonogram on my pinky totally knew exactly what it was and uh, injected me with a gigantic fucking needle filled with steroids into my tendon Um, my pinky by the way has been locking up like locking in the closed position like if you make a fist um, like you're going to punch someone and then you open every finger except for your pinky keep that one on your palm and that is exactly what my pinky does. And it locks there. And it, it hurts like a son of a bitch. And it, it it really locks. And it's only gotten worse. It's been over the last two months. Anyway, so he said that this should fix it. And it does feel better now. But here's the problem. What I did not know is that uh, having massive amounts of steroids injected. I've never had steroids before. Um, basically, every other drug under the sun. But never steroids. Um, so... Uh, I was completely unprepared for uh, the side effects, which um, I'm still very much in the throes of, even though it's already been fucking five days. Uh, Many thanks go out to a friend and cohort of uh, Seven Days to Die uh, era of this show, Artie, who, in her infinite wisdom, explained to me that, no, I was not going insane, and told me what a hot flash is. And why I'm fucking starving no matter how much I eat. And I'm alternately exhausted and enraged. Um, but yeah, so that's been weird. Um, this morning is the first good good morning I've had with uh, my pinky. But anyway, under the doctor's orders, um, I've been taking it easy this week until last night. And we'll get to that in a moment. But anyway, uh, so... This week we're clearing the decks. I was planning to do a feature uh, called Side-Scrolling Madness of uh, Proton Games uh, that are um, side-scrolling platformers because I've played a lot of them now for Proton that I haven't talked about on the show yet. And just so that you... We'll save it maybe for next week, maybe the week after. Who knows? Maybe it'll be our Halloween episode. I don't know. Um, Depends on how my hand feels. He said it would take a month to fully for it to fully get better, for it to fully take effect or whatever. Um, and it might not work. Like, they, we might need more shots or whatever. Stronger shots, bigger shots, shots more often, etc., which I'm not looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, like, my, my, my hand's been fucked up for a while now, for about two months, but this week it got, it was really fucked up because they took a needle that was roughly a fifth the size of my hand and injected it directly into my palm, into my tendon right underneath my pinky. So just to give you an idea of, of uh, the features, that, the, the the games that we were supposed to talk about this week, uh, Mega Man 11, which is very good and impossibly hard. I thought Cuphead was difficult and I'm almost at, I've, I've almost beaten Cuphead. Um, which I felt kind of, I still feel uh, kind of um, like I owe beating that game to you, gentle listeners, just by virtue of the fact that, like, I encouraged you to buy it 
last or you know to give it a try uh a couple of weeks ago um regardless of what you've heard about the difficulty because it's so much fun and it is so much fun but Mega Man 11 Mega Man 11 is just I can't remember what um Snail Cannon said about it uh, a couple nights ago but it's something like uh, destroying young lives since uh, 1988. It's the 30 year anniversary of Mega Man, by the way, which is fucking crazy. Um, Mega Man 11 is so beyond difficult. I've only beaten the first mini boss, and I've only been able to do that once. But anyway, so it's Mega Man 11. Uh, we'll be talking about these games in greater detail in upcoming weeks. But um, 20XX, which is a Mega Man clone that is procedurally generated side-scrolling Mega Man um, that came out for Windows only and I thought I was never going to ever going to be able to play it. It came out, I think, like four years ago right when I first started doing the show um, and it runs great under Proton now so that was that was great. I never returned that license so I, 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 I played some 20XX and then, of course, a game that I used to love on, I think, my iPad uh, I think because I don't know how else I would have gone to play it Maybe it was on Xbox Live Arcade. I don't know. But Spelunky, uh, which is a really, really good game. Um, anyway, all of that has gone out the window. Why? Because we have a feature for you this week. A very, you know what it means when I say that we're clearing the decks. It means something big has dropped. So, based on what the feature, Ivor. What do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. The Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Our feature this week is, of course, thank you, uh, Doc Brown. It's the Libyans! I love that feature's thing. Uh, good job on that, Ivor. Yeah. You're still fired, though. Um, our feature this week is, of course, Soul Calibur 6, which dropped last night, which I bought immediately with all the DLCs. It was $90 with all the DLCs. Um, but you can get it for uh, significantly less. Uh, let me check. Let me. <sighs> Ivor, once again, you're fired for not making me fact check this. Um, God, I'm sweating like a pig right now, man. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it came out yesterday, February 18th. Er, February 18th. October 18th, yesterday, 2018. Um, this is a big fucking deal for me. Because uh, those of you who listen to the show for long enough know that there's a running list of the games that, that Linux would need to be able to play, either have the actual franchise ported to Linux or have a play-alike available for Linux um, that would make Linux a full-fledged, you know, viable gaming platform, the type that you could recommend to any one of, you know, your younger, less technical savvy friends, um, you know, to try to convert them to Linux, because that's like the biggest, it's one of the biggest impositions that people face, uh, you know, apart from business logic and stuff like, oh, I, I absolutely have to have, you know, whatever, application XYZ, whatever the fuck. Um, so I need to run Windows, which is normally what I recommend. But in terms of younger people, they really don't have business needs outside of like anything that could be provided by LibreOffice and, uh, you know, blah. So one of the chief, one of the biggest games that I never thought 
would ever come to Linux, and it it still hasn't. It's this is this only runs under Proton, is Soul Calibur, the Soul Calibur franchise. For those of you who don't who are unfamiliar with Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur is a fighting game with swords. It is the second best fighting game with swords ever made. Fighting game franchise. Um, second only to Bushido Blade, the original, not the, none of the sequels, just the first one. Um, Soul Calibur is like a cross between, traditionally, the other games in the series, this is the sixth one. Traditionally, uh, Soul Calibur, for the Dreamcast, which I think was Soul Calibur 4 or 5, I can't remember, oh shit, let me look it up, because otherwise I'm going to drive myself insane. Yeah, so um, it was just called Soul Calibur, the one for the Dreamcast. Um, and it was a significant improvement over uh, the arcade version, which actually the um, Wikipedia entry notes that, which is which is kind of cool. That's some whoever did that Wikipedia entry did a good job on it because that was true. But even better than uh, it was superior, not just graphically, but it was superior game in terms of gameplay. I love my Dreamcast. I was one of five people who bought a Dreamcast. I will never forgive Sega for abandoning the Dreamcast. Fuck you, Sega. Um, but the 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 hallmark, the the basic um, awesomeness of Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast was it had um, on top of the normal arcade mode, and these are all weapons. It's not just swords. It's any sort of weapon. Um, so, like, you have, uh, Tonfa, uh, long, uh, like, long spears, like, kind of like a Naganata, but, like, a Chinese Naganata, you know, so it's, like, very fast, um, with, like, a sharp blade on the end, I can't remember what they're called, like, a, almost like a pike, you know, yeah, it's, it's like a pike, but sometimes the blade can be curved, sometimes it can be straight on, you know, blah, 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 uh, Chinese sword, Shanghua, my favorite character, my second favorite character, Voldo's my favorite character, because Voldo, Shanghua, um, Cervantes, uh, Killick, um, Ivy, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Mitsurugi, then, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. All of these characters have different, have a different, oops, have a different unique weapon. Voldo, for instance, has, uh, twin katars. Voldo has one of the best stories of any character in any fighting game ever, as evinced in Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast. I'm not going to tell you his story, but it's a great story. Um, he's a blind, he's, he's blind, he's a blind mute, um, in a leather baby costume with twin katars. When I went to the British Museum and I saw actual katars, and I, I photographed them with my Pentax K1000, um, this is like 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago, I was like, it blew my mind. I did not know that those were real weapons. They're like, um, tw giant hand scissors that, like, have, uh, dual grips, like, you know, like those, uh, knuckle, like those, uh, f uh, finger, finger strength training things that, um, athletes use, like, you know, it's got two grips. When you pull the grips together, the scissors close, but they're, they're three-pronged scissors, so, like, there's prongs on the, uh, left and right side, and then a giant center spike, and they, they cut, um... And Voldo had an incredible fighting style, the likes of which no one had ever seen. Voldo was, and every, we used to think that Voldo was a joke until uh, we played Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast, which had a m greater and more expanded story mode. And that was the theme of the Dreamcast: was everything was bigger and better than it had been in the arcade or on any other platform previously. Meaning that, okay, so let me let, let's talk more about the weapons, though. Um, 
So you got a guy who has twin guitars who can't see and who can fight backwards. Um, and he could roll himself into a ball and explode randomly, which is fucking bizarre. Um, you have Shenghua, which is just, she has this beautiful um, Tai Chi style Chinese sword uh, technique that is just this flowing, graceful, um, absolutely brutal, uh, sneaky as fuck, um, speed based, uh, you know, um, stabs and slashes. I love the Chinese sword. It's it. Shenghua Shang, has probably some of the most influential animation and rigging of any uh, fighter with a sword. Um, more influential on me than almost any other game except Bushido Blade. And we're not going to talk about Bushido Blade. Then you have other uh, crazy weapons like Ivy, who has a chain sword, um, which is like a chain, which which is like a sword made out of inter. It's like a whip. I actually own one of these. We call it the Finger Taker. It is, uh, it's still um, on a plaque in my hallway. You're not allowed to touch it because it's called the Finger Taker for a reason. Um, it has these interlocking um, individual blades on a metal um, cord kind of thing. Ivies can expand and she can like use it as a whip and like wrap you up in it and then just chew you apart with, you know, unraveling you. Um, and she can teleport and other crazy shit. Then there's uh, like Taki. Taki has um, uh, she's a ninja. She has a uh, uh, oh god, what is it called? A wakazashi? Can't remember. It's this short sword. Sorry, oh, I'm not sure. Hang on. Oh, I was not talking to you, Amazon Echo. Sorry about that. Um, and she can teleport too. Uh, but all of her moves are basically backstabs. Um, Shenghua, on the other hand, is very combo oriented, um, in like long streams of fluid motions that once you commit to them, um, you're kind of locked into them completing whether or not they hit. Uh, cause anyway, that's my strategy for Shenghua, but it's one of them. It depends on your opponent. Then there are other guys like Astaroth who, uh, has a humongous axe. I'm talking about like Astaroth is a demon. He's a behemoth, and he has a an axe the size of my, the size of a Volvo, um, not a Volva, a Volvo, um, a giant fucking axe. And then there are other guys who have similar weapons to each of all of these other weapons. Like there's a, there's generic characters that have giant fucking mallets. Like I mean, mallets that are like as big as like my front door. Like that's the mallet part of the mallet. Um, and generally, the Astro style characters. Uh, hit really hard in single well-timed motions that just crush and kill your opponent. Um, and so, and then there's Raphael, who is new to the last Soul Calibur, which I think was the last Soul Calibur I played, which had to have been Soul Calibur V. Um, <clears throat> I want to say Raphael was introduced in Soul Calibur V. I haven't played any Soul Calibur in forever. So I've been jonesing for it for a long time, and it's come to Linux now in the form of Soul Calibur VI. But Raphael has a rapier. He's one of the less, he's one of the characters I like the least because the best rapier action ever outside of Swashbuckler and outside of the game that I'm working on, which is called The Swashbuckler, um, was Bushido Blade, the Irish Irish rapier man. Because it was perfectly accurate. Like, I stab you in the face and you die. Like, one time. That's it. I, I just, you know, my, my, my rapier just went right into your brain, through your eye, you're dead. One hit, one kill. Um, so, Raphael, I've always found kind of disappointing because, you know, it's, this game is not entirely realistic. 
Um, but it does do a really good job of making a fighting game that feels very realistic, uh, regardless of whether or not the weapons themselves or the techniques themselves are realistic. Um, it provides a very... Uh, it has its own universe where everything makes sense and seems very realistic, I guess, is a good way of saying it. But let me talk a little bit more about some of the uh, other weapons that... Mitsurugi, by the way. Mitsurugi. Mitsurugi. Mitsurugi is a samurai. He is one badass motherfucking samurai. He has a katana. Um, His style is very different from everyone else's. Uh, you fo- you focus on him. His focus is both on power and finesse. So it's like a combination somewhere in between Shenhua and like Astaroth, the guy with the axe. Um, his one of his most famous iconic uh, moves, special moves, uh, is where he uh, he he puts his sword in in, in his hilt, and then. As you charge the attack, he's gripping the 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 um. God, why am I? Words don't fail me now. I'm getting another hot flash. That's this is why. Um, he, he uh, he's got he's got his hand on the grip and he's got his hand on the scabbard, and you charge it and then, wah! and from that attack, this massive power attack can come any number of combos, and he is a deceptive style where. Um, he, has, he has stabs, slashes, both vertical and horizontal, um, but no really uh, easy to do out of the box uh, combos. So he's tricky, which is great. Um, Danny, friend and compatriot and cohort of mine, uh, Danny, C- Commander Danny, Danny Mullahan, uh, Mitsurugi was his favorite. Um, and then there, then there are more traditional. Uh, there are other guys with more traditional weapons, like you know the katana or like um, the scimitar, uh, which actually is like a clone of Shanghua, but with a scimitar, more or less. Um, uh, there's there's Maxi who had Maxi Pad. Yes, that's right, Maxi, um, who has nunchaku. Um, and then there are a bunch of new characters from the last game that whose names I can't remember, like um, Zazamel, uh, who also has like a giant axe kind of thing. But then there's like a circus girl who has this giant metal ring that's like a hoop made out of razors. That's really cool. Um, she has. I haven't played her yet. I haven't played as her yet in Soul Calibur Six, and it's been so long since I played Soul Calibur that I can't really remember that much about that broad, but very cool stuff. Um, Ivy is probably, has the most insane um, and just like robust amount of fuck you up uh, in the entire game, Um, but she's not my favorite character. She's the one with the chain whip. And of course there's Voldo, and then, uh, who am I forgetting? We already talked about uh, Tacky. And then there's Killick, that's the guy with the um, polearm kind of thing, but he fights with it like a Chinese polearm, so it's like he you can spin it from uh, right to left in giant three hundred sixty degree uh, spins that just hack and you know blah. And then he's got these really devastating stab moves that you know because he's got such long reach. Um, oh, and then of course there's Siegfried and Nightmare, who are the same person more or less. Um, because the idea of Soul Calibur 
and this is gonna sound weird, but Soul Calibur, unlike Tekken, actually has, well, it had, at least in Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast, I can't speak about the last one. I thought the last one was slightly degraded in terms of the, the depth of story. But um, Soul Calibur actually has a really interesting story. It's a little overwrought in Soul Calibur 6, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so Siegfried and Nightmare are two sides of the same coin, more or less, because Soul Calibur is this demonic sword. It's a living sword. Oh, and Cervantes. Don't let me forget about Cervantes. Is a living sword that uh, twists and corrupts uh, its wielder and eventually comes to control its wielder and turns the wielder to into its slave. So Siegfried, of course, mythical fucking, you know, the ring cycle, blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah, whatever, you know. Fucking Siegfried, mythical knight. Oh, God. Oh, God. My phone is ringing. Sorry. Um, mythical knight. So he's got, he's literally a knight in shining armor with a giant fucking sword. Um, like a giant, uh, it's not an S-Doc. What the fuck is it called? Hang on, let's look this up. Yeah, he's got this giant two-handed sword that's as big as, it's as long as my car. Actually, it's not as long as my car. It's, it's as tall as him. It's like an anime gigantic sword. Uh, two-handed uh, sword. And same thing with Nightmare. And their techniques are basically the same, only Nightmare has uh, cheaper and more evil moves because Nightmare is the corrupted version of Siegfried, more or less. Uh, and this is kind of left open-ended well, not really. It's pretty explicit in Soul Calibur because Soul Edge corrupts you. That's the name of the sword, by the way. Um, Soul Edge. At least it used to be. I don't know if they still call it that or if they now call it Soul Calibur. But um, it has a giant eye in the sword, which is really cool. And it blinks and looks around when you f- uh, when you fight his nightmare. Um, but Siegfried just has a normal sword. And his moves are basically really... They're a combination of very acrobatic... Um, dual-handed swinging and charging moves um, because it's such a heavy sword. Nightmare is like that too, but he's even cheaper. Uh, props go out to friend and cohort, old friend of mine, Alex Scheidler, uh, who used to sing to us, Nightmare Puff, like Jigglypuff, um, as he owned us with his cheapness. And Jojo Kimon Kendall and I would sit there and just scream at him, and we could not beat him because he had no shame. He had no shame of cheapness. It was horrible. And he owned us. It was pathetic. It was so bad. I mean, because like Joe and I played this game forever, and we were like really, 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 really good at it. And then fucking Alex would come over and. He didn't, he didn't even like fighting games and he would just jump on Nightmare and he would just own us with like fucking headbutt and then like these two fucking two fucking slash moves that just were unblockable and you know, you're dead. And he would just keep doing that and there was no fucking way out of it. It was horrible. He broke the game for us, really. Miss Alex, he was a good guy. Um, he's, still, he's still alive, uh, unlike some absent friends. So then there is my other favorite character, Cervantes. Cervantes is, you didn't follow the rules, the ghost pirate rules. Cervantes is a ghost pirate. Uh, he has two medium, uh, two medium, uh, medium 
to short swords. Uh, neither one's a cutlass. They're more like it's more like he has two saber-like swords. One's a little thicker than the other one. One has a gun built into it, which is really cool, and he can use that. My favorite move for Cervantes was how I used to open every match, especially once people knew that this was how I was going to open every match, because it was great to just get this off on them, and it would just piss people off all the time. Because I, I, ready, fight, charge right up to this, right up to my opponent. I say, here, hold these. I grab them by the shoulder. Well, I don't grab them by the shoulder, but I I grab them, you know, like in the game, which causes the animation of me sticking my right sword into their left rib, my left sword into their right rib, hold these, and then ripping them out the opposite way. It was great. Um, Cervantes is awesome. And he has teleportation, too. He's a very... uh, He's very much a vertical um, windmilling wind kind of character with um, some nice horizontal cuts that you know you can use for accents. Because um, most of Soul Calibur is really about the the pacing and the inertia of the battle itself. This is what I find. Um, unless you're fighting very technical um, players, that's more or less. So Let's go back to the Dreamcast because everything that happened in the Dreamcast Soul Calibur has now been expanded, updated, revised, and um, what's the right word? Re envisioned? Not re envisioned. Um, it's it's been uh, not refined, but it's been expanded on in really interesting ways that make Soul Calibur six really awesome. One of my favorite things about uh, Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast was the introduction of a a mission mode, which was like a quest mode where I I can't remember if you could create your own character on the Dreamcast, I don't think you could, but you could take any character and you could equip different weapons to that character that would change their fighting style. Um, And the weapons had their own stats in this mode, and you would adventure around a game map, and each point on the map had different um, characteristics, different wind conditions, different um, different special effects applied to the actual environment. Um, sometimes they were multi-round, uh, multi-opponent um, bouts, like where you would have to, you know, kill five guys uh, sequentially in order to complete it. Sometimes there were things that, like, uh, there were uh, weird effects, like, um, in this match, the floor is uh, incredibly slippery, uh, meaning that you could ring out, you know, just by walking around. If you got hit, like, you could get ring, rung out. Um, sometimes it, you could only win uh, by uh, hitting uh, the opponent with a certain technique. Um, sometimes your health is draining. Sometimes, uh, I remember there were quicksand. There was quicksand, actually, which was really cool. Um you had to keep attacking, otherwise you sunk into the floor um, and died. Uh, yeah, so that was really cool, and you would unlock more weapons, better upgraded weapons, uh, and and uh, different customizations for your character. All of, that was really neat. Also, th- that that whole game mode is completely in Soul Calibur Six, which is fucking fantastic. Um, 
Now let me let me before we continue, let me tell you really fast one of my uh, all time favorite Soul Caliber stories. So, God bless his soul. Um, he's still with us too. Uh, Joe Joe Webster, uh, we, we, Joe Web uh, Webster, as I used to call him. Um, he's my housemate for like five or six years, I want to say. And uh, we, oh god, we used to drink like motherfuckers, and we played the last Soul Caliber quite a bit. Now, here's the thing, Joe, uh, here's the thing about Webster. We used to call Webster, um, we used to give him tons of shit because he was, like, 40, and he looked like he was, like, 18. Um, and he could, he could drink like a motherfucker. But the funniest thing about, and so we gave him shit that he was the man born before time, and that, you know, like, he's, he predates the cosmos and shit. He's, like, ele- elemental. It was, like, a way of giving him shit for how old he was, even though it was also a backhanded compliment, because he looked like he was fucking 18. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. And he was great fun to drink with. We had many, 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 many fun times. And many, many, many terrible times. But here's the funny thing about the way Webster used to be when he drank. I haven't seen him in years, so I, I, you know, blah. But, um, and we used to just tie one on and play tons of Soul Calibur. Um, this is, this is not that long ago. This is like maybe, oh God, this is that long ago. This is over a decade ago. No, it's not over a decade. It's, it's like, this is like six years ago. Yeah, so about a decade ago. Yeah, because I've been here for five years. Anyway, um, the point is, too late. One of the funny things about the way Webster would get when he when he got really drunk, is Webster was fine. He he could hold his liquor. He he was a fucking old pro at holding his liquor, just like the rest of us. Well, more so than me, at least most most nights. Um, but anyway, ah, I digress. Webster would lose. This is so weird. I've never seen this happen to anyone else. Webster would lose all of his ability to speak like real English language and communicate thoughts using his words in English very early on while drinking. Like if he was slightly buzzed, he really couldn't talk, which was weird because he could do everything else fine, but he just and he would get frustrated at this, which is hilarious to watch. So one night we are just fucking going at it in Soul Calibur. I think this was on the Xbox 360. And uh, he becomes Lizard Man, which is a character who plays like Sophidia, who's a ch- who's a Greek chick with like a short sword, like a gladius and a shield. Lizard Man is her clone, one of her clones. And he's a guy who's a lizard. Um, and I can't remember who I was playing as. I was probably playing as random. We went through like four hours of this. Random versus Lizard Man. And early on, like maybe after the 15th round, 15th bout, he, I was getting my ass kicked. He just starts screaming, God is a lizard. And this was the only thing he could say for the next three hours. God is a lizard. God is a lizard. God is a lizard. I swear to God, if I had a time machine, I would take my new iPhone 
And I would go back there and I would record all of it. I would cherish it for forever. Got in the letter! Got in the letter! Got in the it was hilarious. So I, I have long and deep attachments with Soul Calibur. So all of those things are present in Soul Calibur 6, which runs fantastically under Proton. Remember, I'm running it under on a 1080 Ti um, under Mint 18.3. Um, there are some problems, though, and we'll, we'll talk more about the game in a moment, but I want to first get to the problems of uh, that I, I, I've found so far. For some reason, networking does not seem to work on Soul Calibur. And I do not know if that's a Proton thing or if that's just because it dropped last night and everyone and their brother is fucking playing it and overloading the networks. It will not connect to the network for me. So that means no multiplayer online yet. I read the I read through the discussions on the Steam uh store on the, the Steam page. Um it seems like people are getting matches, but it does seem like other people are having lots of hard times getting matches. So I, once again, I'm not sure if that's... I'm I'm presuming that it's pro, a Proton problem. So there will be no online multiplayer for you if you go out and buy this game now. Which sucks, because like that's like super awesome. That's like, you know, blah. Now, however, as a caveat to that, I have not tried local multiplayer. Like with, you know, you have two controllers hooked up to the same fucking computer. Why? Because I have no friends who live in Vegas anymore. Which is very sad. Um, although I could drag Danny Mullahan's ass down here and we could play it. Um, but that's not for today. That's not for this feature. That would have to be for later on because we're recording this now. Right, Ivor? Right, Ivor? Good planning, Ivor! You fucking failure. So, um, where were we? Uh, yes, so th there's networking problems, which I'm going to, you know, until I know otherwise, I'm going to assume that that's baked into some problem with Proton. Because there are other people who have been playing it on Windows who have gotten matches. I can't get, I can't even get it to recognize networking. And like when I boot it up, it says, you know, you're play, you're, you're gonna have to play in offline mode because we can't connect to the network. And that really discouraged me last night when I got the game because I think it dropped at like eight o'clock last night, or I noticed it at eight o'clock last night. So I bought it immediately, and uh, I was like, oh fuck, that that sucks because like. You know, that's like kind of really what I was hoping for, like, you know, like a Tekken 7 kind of experience, which was fucking fantastic. I'll have to ask uh, Linux Game Consortium, uh, LGC, the big LGC, uh, Todd Monster over there. Uh, I'll have to ask him if he has any intelligence on that uh, later on tonight. Um, bottom line is, oh, hang on. Well, I was, Ivor is holding up the whiskey sign. Hmm. So, even worse than that, when I first booted it up and it said no networking, blah, 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 you'll be, you won't be able to access any of the online features. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. And so I continued. And then I tried to do what I thought was the campaign mode. See, because in, in the old, in the Dreamcast version and in the last um, game that they, in the last Soul Calibur, last game in the franchise, they had, um, they had the, the mission-based mode. Like where you would go around a map, it was called like adventure mode or explore, exploration mode or something like that, which is a really, really cool value added mode. And it was the first game that I can remember, first fighting game that I can remember to actually have that kind of um, that feature, which act majorly, majorly buffed out um, the amount of like billable hours that you could spend playing the game. Like I mean, by like a factor of you know twenty, um, it was really hard and really long. But um, 
on top of that, there was also a uh, arcade mode, which doubled as I, I think it was arcade mode that doubled as the story mode, which if you beat it with one specific character all the way through, you got to see the character's ending, which informed who they were by getting unlocks of the character's backstory which you could do either through missions or by completing challenges. They also had unlockable enboos, which were fantastic, and I would kill. I really hope that those might be hidden somewhere in Soul Calibur Six because they weren't in the last Soul Calibur. So basically you had these two really good game modes, then you had Versus, where like you know you could just play against you know whoever's sitting next to you on the couch. So, no networking connection. The weird thing is, Soul Calibur 6, the names of the game modes are all fucking cryptic. So there's like... Uh, hang on, I have to boot it up. One moment. Oh, evidently last night when I was drunk and stoned, I took notes. Um, I don't need to boot it up. So the, the three main modes of the game... Uh, so I have no networking up and running, but I choose to continue anyway. Um, This was my first experience with the game last night. Uh, there are three main game modes. Libra of Soul, which is at the very top, which is actually a create a character or modify a character and then do, like, adventure mode. Like, with a map, and you get to pick where you want to go, and you can revisit places, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, but then there's, uh, the story mode, which is, uh, it's a story soul chronicle, which was the first mode that I went to. Because I was, I just wanted to see if the game ran, like, you know, like, inside the game. And I was very disappointed because in Story Soul Chronicle, you have two options. You can pick, um, from, if you've unlocked, uh, interesting stuff, uh, in the Libra of Soul mode, um, you can pick up on timelines for individual characters in that screen, which I'm not sure how that fucking works, but whatever. I didn't try that because I had nothing there. So you have to watch the prologue. So I click on the prologue, and the prologue blacks the screen and the game seems to freeze because there's no more sound there's nothing you get the loading icon and then the screen the loading icon goes away and the screen just stays black and you have to alt F4 out of it I wonder if that's related to the networking but it was very very discouraging last night when that happened and I spent about 45 minutes just yelling at uh, Snail Cannon about how upsetting it was while well, I kept trying to do it over and over again to see if I could get fucking internet networking or whatever to work. Blah, 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 blah. And every time I tried to do it, it didn't work. And then, so like, I'm really drunk and stoned at this point. So it's like 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, maybe. Or maybe it was a little earlier than that. It doesn't matter. Um, I hit upon the great idea of, well, let's see if any of the other fucking game modes work. And that's when I went to Libra of Soul and that does work. I created a fucking badass character. His name is Kung hyphen Farah hyphen two. Kung Faratu. He's what happens when a black exploitation film and a vampire movie have a baby that is raised in an environment with lots and lots of swords. He has this giant afro and low pan makeup and a Fu Manchu mustache. He's got like all these cool clothes and shit. You can customize every aspect of um, your created characters. And you can modify just existing characters too. Um, and he fights like Shanghua. He uses a Chinese uh, short sword. I, that's the main mode. I've logged five hours in the last, uh, oh God, 
uh, 18 hours. I've logged five hours in this game, and I and I have to take breaks because my my hand is fucked up. Um, so that works, and it is a deeply satisfying mode. Then the other game, it's really good. In fact, the, the game is worth it just for that. Um, and this is not a review, by the way. Like you know, I'm anxious to find out more about the networking issue blah, and I need to log at least another 15 hours, and I need to beat the game with every character, too, I would imagine, uh, before I, I do a full review for you. But uh, I'm just telling you how it is now, via Proton. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I played some battle, some of the battle mode, which is an, the other major mode, um, which is like, has arcade mode, which theoretically, um, if you are, have if you do have networking enabled, um, well, you can set it up so that it automatically, when you're playing arcade mode, which is just like, uh, bam, 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 bam. It's like you versus eight other, uh, randomly chosen characters, uh, in a row, no ceremony, you know, blah, no pomp and circumstance. You can set it up so that while you're playing that, it will search for matches for you online. But of course that doesn't work for me. Um, cause I have no networking. So, once I got into Libra of Soul, though, it is so much better. There, okay, there's some problems with Libra of Soul, though. It's But it's so much better. It's the total adventure mode, or whatever the fuck the mode used to be called in uh, the Dreamcast, where you can, like, you can go wherever you want. Um, each mission has different, um, you know, criteria... Um, wind conditions, uh, time limits, environment impositions, stuff like that. Um, and you can unlock um, new weapons for your character and level up your character as well, which is really, really, really good. Because um, traveling costs gold in this mode, which is a new thing. Um, and gold is a finite resource. You win gold by, uh, you know, uh, winning matches and stuff. One thing that sucks is you can't sell back any of your weapons, but that's okay. Um, in order to make use of all of those unused weapons, uh, there is a mercenary system inside of the mission system where you can hire mercenaries who will travel, you know, quote-unquote travel with your party um, wherever you go until you use them and you can equip weapons that only they can use you can switch your weapon to any type of weapon at any time, um, but they but they can only use the one weapon that they, the one weapon type that they can use. So once you get to like five hours into the game, like me, and you have I don't know maybe forty different fucking weapons just lying around, it's kind of neat that like they have that they realized oh well we'll make a mercenary system. And so what mercenaries do is when you're going into a particularly challenging bout, you can opt for a mercenary to fight instead of you. At first, and you get to equip them with whatever weapon, you know, they can use the best one that, you know, you have, and you get to choose it. You get that weapon returned at the end of the bout. You can also equip them with food, same way as you would equip yourself before a match. Um, food gives you buffs, very specific buffs, and there are lots of them. Um, like, you know, from Soul Guard, uh, you know, like 50% damage if countering off of a Soul Guard, or, you know, blah, 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 all this sort of shit. Um... If the mercenary wins the bout, they fight for you. If they win the bout, then it's good. You win. They return the weapon. Uh, and I think 
uh, they're gone. I think that I think that, that I, I think that uses up the mercenary. I, I think you have to go back and get them again if you want them again. And I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that. But here's the cool thing: if they lose, then you have to fight as yourself against the opponent as well. So that's kind of neat. Um, cause some of the, some of the shit gets pretty hard fairly quickly. Like five hours in, I'm like level 17, I think. And most of, uh, the places that are within easy traveling distance of me are like level 44 and up. And those guys are hard. I mean, they will fuck you up. They will kill you. Sometimes you get the opportunity to retry a thing that you failed, other times, like during the expeditions, which means that you go off the map to um, randomly uh, spawned locations, sometimes those can be the end of an expedition, which means it's a particularly difficult enemy. It's usually like if you continue an expedition like three times in a row or whatever, you'll eventually hit the end of an expedition. And that one, if you lose that, you lose the entire expedition, uh, meaning you lose all the travel money that, you know, the last leg of your expedition, um, which can be fucking devastating, because gold is <coughs> gold is not easy to come by. Um, so you have to. There's some strategy involved, light strategy, lots of ass kicking. One thing that sucks about um, the Libra of Soul uh, mode is that there is a lot of talking, a lot of just narrative text that you have to wade through. Fortunately, they make it very easy to skip all of it. Um, there are binary choices that uh, once you get involved in the story, though, they seem cooler. Binary choices that uh, help determine your alignment between good and evil. None of them are that, um, what do you call it? Uh, there's there's very little ob- attempt at obfuscating the, the binary nature of these choices, but it's still a nice thing because um, I imagine it does have some effect on the outcome of that mode. Um, and then there's the museum mode and all that other shit. So before we wrap this up, I, I'm the, the performance of Soul Calibur Six. Apart from the networking thing, and apart from the fact that I can't play the actual main story, um, the performance is spectacular on a 1080 Ti. Even when I'm check out the live stream on our Twitch stream, we have uh, like six or seven uh, uh, video, long videos on demand uh, in in the videos tab on our Twitch stream of us from last night and this morning playing Soul Calibur Six. The performance even in those videos, is incredible. It's really good. It is solid. And I'm running it on maximum settings with, uh, yeah, it's just all maxed out. Um, it looks great. It is incredibly performant. The character models are fantastic. The animations are just as good as ever. Um, it's, it's incredible. But finally, the major innovations in terms of the actual gameplay itself. So for those of you who never played Soul Cal, well, we don't have to go back that far, but, um, Soul Calibur now has these two systems that are really neat. And I can't remember what they're called, but one is the right trigger and the other one is the right bumper. The right bumper, you have a power meter. It's like, I think, uh, six different um, levels of power meter. Once the power meter gets filled all the way one time, you can fill it all the way up twice. You can do a... uh, super move with the right stick, with the right trigger, I mean. Which, if it lands, launches into this crazy 
animated combo. If it doesn't land, or if you don't have quite enough power, or if they hit you just as you started, it seems like sometimes this happens. Um, you lose all the all that power, and the the attack misses. If they block it, it also misses. But there's a chance that even if they block it, and generally this is true, you'll break their their guard. And then you'll just fuck them up with this with this super five hit automatic super animated spell style attack. The other thing is the right bumper. This uses only a single unit of each one of the you know like I, how I said the meter is broken into like six individual units. The right bumper only uses a single unit of it, and the right bumper is actually more interesting than the super death move thing because if you hold it down. It gives you like an instant charge attack, but it's not instant though. You have to actually charge it, and then when you let go, your your sword your sword your sword will turn pink as you charge it, and you'll know when you're ready. And then when you let it go, it's like a guaranteed hit unless they actually counter with the same thing. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. The other cool thing about this is that you don't have to fully charge it. You can actually start charging it and or not even charge it. You can just press it. You can tap it to immediately counter any attack that's coming at you. This makes it very, very interesting. The game, in a game that already is significant, has a significant um, amount of tactical thought built into it because depending on who you're playing as and who you're playing against, you have to use very different approaches. And that requires knowing, you know, the full capabilities of, you know, your character and stuff. Um... Or just mindlessly button mashing and screaming at the screen. Which is not the preferred way of doing it. But it, that works too. That's the other great thing about Soul Calibur traditionally and in this one as well. It has always been a game that... Uh, it, I never played it this way. But other people, and historically, this has been the critic's line about Soul Calibur. And I do have to agree with it, although grudgingly. Because this is not the way I play it. I play it, I learn the moves. I learn the moves for everybody. Um... Unless I'm just playing randomly and, you know, drunk. Um, but Soul Calibur traditionally has been the rare type of fighting game, almost like Tekken, but less less technical than Tekken, where they simplified basically all the moves for everybody. More or less. There's like two different ways of playing the game, but if even if you're a total noob and just button mashing, you can actually get by. Um... You have to be really good to uh, to be able to defeat someone who's just button mashing. You have to really know how to fuck them up, um, which is cool. But then there's also another level to the game that's played on a much more um, thoughtful, aware, and uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, tactical, demi-strategic kind of uh, kind of way that that's really amazing. Um, so. The additions of these two uh, things, and the, the, these concepts have been more more or less around inside the franchise, even since the Dreamcast, more or less. Um, they weren't quite as just one button implicit as they are now. Um, but this is, I think, a very welcome not uh, innovation, but it's it's like a it's like a streamlining and sublimation of the gameplay so that the game feels almost like 
a really, really intense, super hyper, fast-paced. I mean, it is a fighting game. It is a fighting game's fighting game. It's as much a fighting game as Tekken, Virtu- Virtua Fighter 4, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dead or Alive, which is a franchise I think is underrated because tits, which I like. Um, but anyway, um, it's as much a fighting game as anything, but it also has this really um, tight puzzle fighter aspect to it. It almost feels like puzzle fighter, which I know doesn't make any sense and probably doesn't tell you that much, but you have to really, really keep an eye out and be very aware of your own power meter, your opponent's power meter, along with everything else. Because you can really fuck someone up um, just really fast with the click of a button. And the fact that you... Oh, the other cool thing is, if if it ends in a stalemate, if like your super attack ends in a stalemate, because sometimes it won't just go straight into like the animation thing, sometimes it'll go into this like face-off thing where it's like you guys instantly separate uh, to, to either side of the ring and you go at each other in this slow motion uh, kind of attack thing and you have the option of pressing one of three buttons. It's like uh, it's like uh, attack one, attack two, or um, I can't remember if kick is one of them, but block might be one of them. Um, it doesn't matter. One of you is going to land that hit and this is a rock, paper, scissors type proposition. Y beats B, B beats, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, there are three, you know, there are three different possible inputs. And you can actually, if you end up in a stalemate, you guys break and then you do it again. And if you land that hit, it opens up um, a super combo for you that you have to, like, just do yourself. It makes you super powerful. Um, and the animations for these are not uh, scripted. They, they seem very dynamic. Uh, I've seen all sorts of ways that these attacks have hit, missed, and tied. Um, and there are multiple other factors that determine whether or not they work. Um, so you have to be very careful with your timing on these things, which makes them super cool. And then all then on top of that, you have all of the rest of your move arsenal, including charge attacks. Like, if your character has a charge attack, you can totally do them. They're still there. shang still has that fucking insane, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it is really, really good. So even if you... Um, so yeah, uh, the the biggest problem is the networking issue right now. Hopefully that'll get resolved, or maybe I can get some more information on it. But uh, other than that, I'm really, really enjoying Soul Calibur. This fills such a need for me. Um, it's ironic, though, that I can't play it as much as I really want because of my fucking finger. I have to take a, take a break like every you know hour and a half. Um, Soul Calibur 6 is currently $60. That's full price. The Deluxe Edition is $90. And it includes season pass with all sorts of shit. Two armor packs, three characters, plus a hundred customization parts. Um, I don't know if I've even gotten those because of the networking thing. So, and I have no uh, frame of reference to know if what vanilla looks like. So I can't tell you what is there or what is absent. But, um, yeah, so there you go. That's our show for this week. Um, cheers, thanks for listening. Be sure to join us on our uh, 
Discord channel, you can find the link to our Discord channel by going to um, our Twitch page, which is uh, twitch.tv slash skookiesprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E, where we stream all the time um, lately. Uh, many uh, cheers and thanks and props go out to Bully Lockers, uh, Snail Cannon, uh, Animate, New Friends, uh, Beardy J, everybody. I am Goodman who is my uh, new uh, No Man's Sky buddy. Um, and that'll do us. So there we go. Just just at an hour. Good job, Ivor. You're fired. Um, and I will see you next week. Uh, be sure to... Uh, the column is still on a hiatus, but you can still read uh, previous uh, previous installments of the column at www.bestlinuxgames.com, our website, uh, and uh, which will be going undergoing a major revamp uh, before... Uh, before Thanksgiving. So I'm trying to get it done by the end of this month, but we shall see. I've been saying that now for four years. Uh, next week, our four-year anniversary episode, because we it'll be episode 209. We've missed one week ever, and that was like in our first two months. Um, so that like 208 would be four years, but 209 is absolutely definitely four years. So I will see you then. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Check out Soul Cub. The soul still burns. And props go out to Jojo Gimon Kendall because remember, kids, the welcome to the stage of history. The second stage is a lot harder than the first. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I. E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Three, yada yada e, four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. 
for details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.